I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which from personal experience I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often. So stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Welcome back to Practical Stoicism. I'm glad you're here today. Today's meditation is a long one, so I'll keep this intro short, but that's actually going to be kind of hard to do because I need to thank about 1,200 of you for your podcast reviews. While this show may only have 150 reviews on Apple Podcasts, it has over 1,200 on Spotify. And when I saw that, I was blown away. Perhaps more blown away, even than I was when I saw not moments later that Practical Stoicism had broken into the top 40 of its primary category. The difference between primary category and category is that I'm in the philosophy category, but the philosophy category lives inside of the society and culture category. So to break into the parent category in the UK was really a big deal to me. I was blown away by that. Not to overuse the phrase blown away, but it was very surprising. But this morning, when sitting down to transcribe today's meditation and then build out the episode, I got an alert that I have never received in the more than 12 years that I've been producing podcasts. Practical Stoicism broke into the top 100 of its parent category on Spotify in the United States. Now, the United States is the biggest market for podcasts, so to do this in the UK, amazing. To do this in the U.S.? I almost didn't believe it when I saw it. This is an accomplishment, again, that I've never experienced. And it is 100% because of all of you showing up in increasing numbers and repeatedly every week. It warms my heart. And I know that that is a cheesy thing to say. Maybe you feel that way. But it does. It warms my heart to think that in a world so seemingly unstoic, that there is a thirst for this kind of content. I mentioned it in our last episode, but I'd like to say it again today. I feel incredibly useful because of all of you, not just because of your support as listeners, but because of your support as engaged students of Stoicism who regularly reach out to me by email to tell me what you think, to ask questions, and to express that you really care about this material. And all of that feels wonderful to me is probably the best word. And with that very long-winded welcome now complete, 
Let's read this week's equally lengthy, if not a little bit longer, hopefully. Hopefully I've not spent more time on the intro than the actual meditation. Equally lengthy meditation. Number four from book three. Don't waste the rest of your time here worrying about other people, unless it affects the common good. It will keep you from doing anything useful. You'll be too preoccupied with what so-and-so is doing, and why, and what they're saying, and what they're thinking, and what they're up to, and all the other things that throw you off and keep you from focusing on your own mind. You need to avoid certain things in your train of thought, everything random, everything irrelevant, and certainly everything self-important or malicious. You need to get used to winnowing your thoughts so that if someone says, what are you thinking about? You can respond at once and truthfully that you are thinking about this or thinking about that. And it would be obvious at once from your answer that your thoughts were straightforward and considerate ones. The thoughts of an unselfish person, one unconcerned with pleasure and with sensual indulgence, and generally with squabbling, with slander and envy, or anything else you'd be ashamed to be caught thinking. Someone like that, someone who refuses to put off joining the elect, is a kind of priest, a servant of the gods, in touch with what is within him or her and what keeps a person undefiled by pleasures, invulnerable to any pain, untouched by arrogance, unaffected by meanness, an athlete in the greatest of all contests, the struggle not to be overwhelmed by anything that happens with what leaves us dyed indelibly by justice, welcoming wholeheartedly whatever comes, whatever we're assigned, not worrying too often or with any selfish motive about what other people say or do or think. He does only what is his to do and considers constantly what the world has in store for him, doing his best and trusting that all is for the best, for we carry our fate with us and it carries us. He or she keeps in mind that all rational things are related, and that to care for all human beings is part of being human, which doesn't mean we have to share their opinions. We should listen only to those whose lives conform to nature. And the others? He bears in mind what sort of people they are, both at home and abroad, by night as well as day, and who they spend their time with. And he cares nothing for their praise. Men, who cannot meet even their own standards. There's a lot to digest here, so let's get started. First, let's consider Marcus's first point, that our minds should be ever focused only on useful and meaningful things. It's important in doing so to realize that this is impossible to do 100% of the time. Sometimes we are going to drift or take a hard left off the path of becoming a sage. That is okay. And remember why it is okay. There has never been a Stoic sage. Stoicism is very unlike Buddhism in this way. In Buddhism, spiritual oneness and enlightenment can be obtained. And indeed, that is the ultimate goal of Buddhism, regardless of how many lives it takes you to achieve it. But this is not the case in Stoicism. In Stoicism, we prokoptons, remember we students, have only the responsibility to ever effort to improve. We understand, as Marcus did, as Seneca did, and as all Stoics must, that there is no perfect Stoic. There is only he or she who works to stay the path 
while trying ever to improve how he or she walks it. So our minds will drift. Mine does, yours will. All of our minds will drift sometimes. And sometimes they'll even careen off cliffs at high rates of speed. But this does not make us bad Stoics. It makes us imperfect Prokoptons, which is, of course, what we will always be. That doesn't mean we don't improve over time. Consider that imperfection is a spectrum, but perfection is a single point. So, when Marcus tells us to keep our minds focused only on meaningful things, he understands completely that we will fail to do this regularly. Still, having this aspirational goal is important. For when we allow our minds to be filled up with the trivial and nonsensical, we limit the space available for useful, good, and serious thoughts. So we must choose. Do we spend our time engaged in thought that benefits no one, but is instead likely to bring us anxiety, fear, or anger? Or do we spend our time carefully curating our thoughts so that we are engaged in thinking about the sorts of things we'd be proud to announce out loud if asked at random? The answer is surely obvious to you. Marcus's second point is about whose thoughts you should consider, because as with any rule, there are exceptions. He's not saying you should do this in such a way that it prevents you from focusing on your own mind and your own development of a virtuous character. Instead, he is suggesting that paying attention to what these people say and think may actually help you do that very thing. Returning to the meditation for just a second, quote, we should listen only to those whose lives conform to nature, end quote. So is Marcus saying we should only consider the thoughts of other Stoics? of those other people whom share our philosophy and goals exactly? Not necessarily, at least I don't think so. Certainly other Stoics are included in the group of people you should listen to, because their goals and visions are in alignment with ours philosophically. However, and I am putting words into Marcus's mouth here, undoubtedly there are people outside of specifically Stoic practices who may be living forthright and good lives, and who take their approach to doing so as seriously as we take our own. By contrast, in the closing lines of this meditation, Marcus cautions us that there are those out there who preach but do not practice. And these people, these people who say that X is virtuous but cannot seem to put X into practice for themselves, these people are not people we should be taking advice from or worrying about the thoughts of. And these people are everywhere, certainly in far greater numbers than those of individuals who take the development of a virtuous character seriously. And the modern understanding of this thought might be, you are the people you surround yourself with, or it's kind of related to that idea. So Marcus suggests that if you're going to worry about the thoughts of others, then you should surround yourself with the thoughts of people who care about developing a virtuous character, but don't let them interfere with that development. And at all costs, avoid spending time with, or considering the thoughts of, those who think either that developing virtue is a waste of time, a boorish endeavor for pedantic men and women, or who are so unaware of the importance of developing a virtuous character in mind that they are like ignorant children, thinking, worrying, and talking about ignorant things. 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Practical Stoicism. I hope that you found it useful. If you're enjoying this podcast, kindly consider leaving it a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or Podchaser.com. If you have questions, you can always send them to Tanner at TannerHelps.com, and I will try to respond within a few days and give my best answer to them. Again, thanks for being here. I appreciate your listenership, and until next time, take care. Thank you.